Welcome to the Marketing Tips for Doctors podcast, where you'll discover the secrets to attracting more patients ready to schedule their first appointments to grow your practice without spending hours and hours away from your practice or home. Hear how to boost your online presence, develop a strong rapport with each one to increase patient compliance while adding value and growing revenue. Now, here's your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, America's leading medical strategist. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors. This is your host, Dr. Barbara Hales, and today we have with us Henry Clauke. Henry is a entrepreneur who deals with improving people's businesses with email marketing. Welcome to the show, Henry. Thank you, Barbara. It's such a joy to be here with you today. Most of our listeners are health professionals, and of course, they can get the emails from their current patients. How often do you recommend an email go out to them? And I assume you would recommend sending them something other than your appointment is due. <laughs> right. That's a great question. It's it's one of the top questions people ask me. Oh, should I send once a week, once a month? And the the fun answer is it depends. Well, of course that's no fun, but but it it's unfortunately the truth. And what I mean by it depends is it's it's really all about the audience. Um my suggestion is really as much as possible because you know, people, people think, Oh, I might be annoying my, my list by sending too often. Well, the truth is about 20 to 30% of all emails are open. That's, that's the blanket rate. Of course, that depends on industry as well. And if you have some super fans that love opening your emails, it's going to be higher, but I would suggest as often as possible. So if they are going to be sending out emails three times a week, as you suggest, uh, would you recommend it being a copy of a blog post? Well, so here's the thing. A lot of people treat an email like a blog, and it's not quite the same way. You want to keep emails really short, you know, about a minute, minute and a half, which comes out to be somewhere in the ballpark of 400 words or less. And I've seen emails that are 50 words or less. But what you can do, Barbara, is link to a blog. So that way, someone knows that you have a blog post. And if they're interested in the topic and they have time for it, they'll click and read it. Or if not, they'll, they, maybe they'll read it later. But to open up the email and see this big, long block of text, it's just it's not the right medium. That's all. I agree with you. That would also include a link to a recently put out podcast. That's right. So that a person can say, oh, this doctor has some interesting material for me to digest. And when I get a chance, I would love, or when I'm on the treadmill, it would be a great opportunity to open the link for the podcast and, you know, hear the latest that the doctor has to offer. Right. That's it. That's exactly right, Barbara. And it's, it's all about uh, how long can you trail on that curiosity? And what I mean by that is it all starts with the subject line, right? It has to be compelling enough and interesting enough to have someone click on it, open it. But you can't give it all away in that subject line. And then like what you're talking about for the podcast, 
then you could tease at what we're talking about here and say, hey, click here to, to read or listen to more. It's really, it's really just keeping the readers engaged because you never want to assume uh, you never want to assume that they're going to read anything. That's like one of my favorite things to live by is the whole point of the subject line is to get the people to open your email. And the whole point of the very first sentence is to get them to read that second sentence. And I could go on about this topic just because uh, I, this is like a whole chapter of my upcoming book about links. But yes, you, you want to, in as many emails as possible, you want to include, I would suggest at least just one link per email. Because then you get the, your readers in the habit of clicking on those links. So they know, oh, I got an email from Barbara. Let's see what it is. Oh, it's her podcast. Oh, she's always sending really great stuff. Let me click on that. That way, when it is more of a sales or marketing oriented email, like, hey, click here to uh, have a schedule your next checkup appointment, for example. In their, in their mind, they're thinking, oh, wow, I, I, whenever I click on a link from Barbara, it's, it's a great experience. And so I'm going to do it again this time. How often would you suggest putting a call to action in with all of the emails that you send? Yeah, every single one. And the call to action doesn't have to be buy this or sign up for that. It could be, like you said, check out my podcast. Click below. So really, I would suggest as much as possible for the call to action. Because again, if, if you're... If you're only doing a call to action for something where money is going to be exchanged, uh, it's going to be out of place compared to all the other emails you're getting with no call to action. Uh, so it's all, it's all about consistency and congruency. And it's not necessarily just pitching, pitching, pitching all the time because I've unsubscribed from, uh, from those emails before. But then at, at, at the same rate, it's not about just always giving value because it's going to be uncharacteristic to receive anything else. While it is uh, easy for a doctor to get an email from a current patient, how does one go about getting emails from prospective patients? Wow, that's a great question. In terms of doctors, I'd have to brainstorm on that one. But the, one of the industry standards that you may have seen around is called what they call a lead magnet, mm -hmm. where yeah, so someone, it's something for free, typically, like a download or a webinar video that someone would receive in return for their, their contact information. So it would be like, for I'm, I'm working on my own right now, which is uh, nine, I think it's nine tips for an effective headline. So if someone wanted that, I would say, oh, yeah, wh where should I send it to which email address? And so that would capture into my system things like that. But I mean, you can get creative, right? Um, there, there's all sorts of lists that you could buy. I'm sure you could rent a list. Like for example, if your target is uh, patients with type two diabetes, um, I'm sure there's, there's a list that you could collaborate with or yeah, purchase from other people. Getting that list and building up a, a very captivating lead magnet is a great idea. That's right. What should a person do to prevent their email from going to the spam folder? Oh, yeah, it's another favorite question. Another chapter of my book. Um, 
So well, the thing I thought, we'll talk about links first, just because I've, I've talked about it so often, is if you have more than one, okay, let, let me make sure this is very clear, more than one destination from in your email. So if you have, you can have a couple different links as long as they're going to the same place. I hope that makes sense. So you could say, hey, hey, Barbara, uh, you start the body of your email. Hey, click click the link right here to listen to the podcast. It's it's a really great one. I'm I'm really happy to share it with you. Let me know what you think, Henry. And then P.S. Here's the link again, but it has to be the same thing because if if you're doing if you're going all different places, that's a uh, that's a telltale sign that you're going to get flagged for spam. And basically, you know, it, there's um. I forget the guy's name, but he has a really excellent principle. It's one of uh, one of Warren Buffett's like right hand man. His idea is think of what a spam email looks like, and just do the opposite of all that stuff. <laughs> so, so all caps in the subject line—that's a no no. Three punctuation marks in a row—that's another no no. So, like you know, three dollar signs that'll get flagged. Even dot 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 uh, for some people that that's like a. That's a hazy one. But if you're just starting out, that might flag you for that. A lot of images, like if it's very if it looks like a marketing email, that's why I I've been trained in what I do is just plain text, really. Plain text. I'm sure there's more than that, but but yeah, basically just pretend like you're sending an email to a friend. Right right in that style. Minus all of the uh, other things you might say to a friend. <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, you never know. What tips would you recommend somebody that is just, you know, starting out and saying, okay, I'm going to do email marketing. What do you recommend? What do I recommend in terms of like software, in terms of strategy? Yep. Both. Oh, yeah. I can talk about it all. Okay. Uh, let's see. Probably the most popular starting out uh, e, e uh, what do they call it? ESP, email service provider, which basically just means uh, a service that will send out mass emails for you is, uh, is MailChimp. That's a very popular free option. You get about, I think you get up to 2,000 email addresses for free. So that's pretty good. I use Aweber, which also has a pretty good free option. But basically, just pick one and see how it works. If, if you're a really huge practice, you, you might want to look at something like Infusionsoft or HubSpot. Those are just bigger enterprise tools that work with other, uh, yeah, other software. But in terms of strategy, yeah, so I would say, uh, I'm not sure how this would look for doctors, but like I talked about where you're not pitching all the time and you're not giving value all the time. The, the magic number is like, you know, the 80-20 principle. So you want to be 80% giving tips, information, uh, the blogs and the podcast like we talked about that other 20% is where you want something from them and just yeah I would really make sure you pay attention to those those subject lines and test them out that's what's the most fun about it, it is I feel like people can get really up in their head about oh my gosh is this email gonna completely flop and you're never gonna know unless you send it and what's cool about those email service providers I mentioned is they track everything. So if you notice one of your emails gets opened by many more people than the others, and maybe you want to follow that pattern or, or see uh, 
test further and say, oh, what, what was it about this email that was so special? And if a lot of people click your link, that's the same thing. If you're an analytical type, you could really get your, your hands dirty with this stuff, uh, with all the data that you can get from uh, email marketing. Why is it that you chose AWeber over eye contact or constant contact? Uh, yeah, I mean, so that's a personal, the personal thing for me is I bought this, this outstanding funnel software called Groove Funnels. And it's, it's an all-in-one. It's, it's landing pages, video hosting. It's basically a replacement for ClickFunnels and Kajabi all-in-one. They have an email part of it but it's still in beta. So I, and, and Aweber works with this GrooveFunnels. How, how is that spelled? Is that G-R-E-W? Groove, like G-R-O-O-V-E. Like groovy. Oh, Groove, uh-huh. Groove Funnels, yes. I'd be happy to share a link with you and the audience. But yeah, it's, it's a really up and coming thing. I, I don't want to sell it on this platform, but I just, I get a kick out of it. I bought it. It was built by this guy, Mike Filsame, who created Kartra, which is another excellent web tool. But yeah, I mean, really, you know, people, people, uh, you can get really nitty gritty on like which one. They're all practically the same. They do the same things. So, I mean, Aweber is good and it's really easy to switch. You can take all your list, all your emails and just move them to another provider. Can you do webinars on the Groove Funnels? Yeah, so that's their plan. They're still they're still uh, fixing it up. It's kind of buggy, but yes, mm -hmm. it will have webinars. I'm not sure when, but yeah, it, it's a it's a powerful tool. Well, is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with as we wind down this episode? Mm, I feel like I've I've talked quite a bit. I'm just excited for you know. Uh, for people to get more into emails. Well, oh, I'll, I'll share this really fun stat is 99% uh, of all Americans check their email every day. Probably not that surprising, but it's 99%. That's, uh, you know, I, well, maybe it would be high 90s, but very, very high. The other one is 50% of Americans check their email more than 10 times a day which is more where I fit into that range. I'm sure you do too, Barbara. And the third one is, is the ROI, return on investment of email marketing is 42x. And that's just because you're, it's so scalable where the input is the same. Say it'll take me the same amount of time and money basically to write an email to 10 people versus 10,000. Well, that's certainly something for our listeners to keep in mind. If you're going to invest your time and effort into only one modality to start, uh, email marketing is the one that will bring you the best results. Right. And, and it it's, can be a long game because you're building your list and building your list. So it's just always, always getting better. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. This is another episode of Marketing Tips for Doctors with your host, Dr. Barbara Hales. Till next time. Thanks for listening to Marketing Tips for Doctors. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Press the subscribe button so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about the show. 
Join us on marketingtipsfordoctors.com for replays and more resources to help grow your practice, strengthen your brand, and dominate your field. Remember, you are one tweet from greatness. Greatness.